alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Hello and welcome to the 31st annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not too bad, actually. I'm finally, finally on the tail end of my uh, my illness. I'm finally starting to get my strength back. Uh, a little tired occasionally. Um, you might hear sniffles again still, but I'm almost back. I'm almost back. Maybe the men in black got me sick or something, but uh, I'm healing yeah, from it finally. We're getting too close to the truth. It's bound to happen <laughs> eventually. That's what I'm just going to blame it on. Every time I get sick, I'm just going to be like, no, it's not my fault. It's the fucking CIA poisoning me or something. Um, but as you probably know, with a drastic change in temperature which we are experiencing here in Minnesota currently, uh, uh, you usually get sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... That's pretty much everybody. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It, I mean, it's not really cooling down where you are, is it? Uh, It cooled down a little bit last month, so it's getting down to about uh, 95 was the high today, so... Mm. Oh, so uh, uh, we, need, we, need a, we need a mental update on... The Hawkeyes. Uh, I they didn't fare uh, too well last week, right? No, they didn't. Uh, so we are taping this a few days after the Penn State debacle. Ah, uh, it was bad. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, our defense held up. They held strong, but our offense uh, once again um, diarrhea shat all over the fucking <laughs> bed. Uh, yeah, and then rolled around in it. So yeah, you know, that'll basically happen. How it went. They uh okay they didn't lose by that much right? No, they only lost by five. Uh, we actually had a really cool like uh long pass for a touchdown towards the end, but it was little. It was too little, too late. We mm. just we didn't have enough left in the tank. Our defense just they couldn't make them go three and out for us to get the ball back with two minutes left, and ah. they just walked the ball basically until yeah. they took a knee. So Doesn't that doesn't that hurt almost worse than anything where it's just like, it could be like your team's like third and ten or something. It's like, okay, you can easily just get them out and get the ball back, and then it's like, oh, they get like 50 yards. Like, oh my God, God damn yeah. it. <laughs> that, that's exactly how it was. It was third and eight. We had just spent our last time out, and we had like two minutes and twenty seconds left, I believe, about. And then they got they got like exactly eleven yards. Yeah, like or, or just about exactly as much as they needed, and a little more. And then they just ran down the clock. Yeah, I like, hate oh, it's over. Uh, I hate when that happens so fucking much. Like, uh, yeah, it's but on a on a better note, that's probably not gonna last. I did notice that the Golden Gophers are now ranked. 20th i think yes they are <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit has happened <laughs> oh they're the i mean from what i've seen they have a pretty easy schedule for the next like three games but then they start getting into that uh meat grinder so 
Yeah, they're going to – once they uh, – I think they face – is it Penn State or Ohio State? Um, I think – I don't know. I think it's Michigan State, Wisconsin, and who am I? Michigan maybe. Oh, wait, they play Iowa still. That's who they oh, play. Oh, yeah, they probably play Iowa. I'm sure Iowa will smoke them. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I, I, I don't know anymore, <laughs> honestly. It's, it's looking a little weird. Did you uh, – speaking of controversy, did you watch Thursday Night Football? Or, no, no, Monday Night Football, sorry. No, I did not. What happened? Oh, so they had, uh, of course, it's Green Bay Packers, and they uh, the Detroit Lions got robbed of basically like three penalties that cost them the game. And they were like penalties that weren't in existence, you know, just uh, imaginary penalties. So it was, uh, yeah. it was interesting. It was poor Detroit Lions. They can't catch a fucking break, can they? Yeah, well... The referees probably got a call from upstairs. Like, I, uh, yeah, well, Packers I, are getting a little close, too close to losing. Well, I know you're big on the uh, rigged sports conspiracy. Um, yes, I am. When I start seeing that, I'm just like, I wonder what the uh, spread was in Vegas. Like, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, what is the spread for this? Are they getting nervous that they might have to pay out some money? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. It's It's so weird how... Like these calls that don't get like these these penalties that don't get called all game, all of the sudden two minutes left and it's neck and neck. And then one team just gets them all like yeah. all in a row. <laughs> That's fucking disheartening, dude. So yeah. um, you had mentioned a story you wanted to tell. Now, were you at the location of this story? Were you uh, watching the game at the bar or whatever? No, I was not. Uh, I was out after me and a couple of my friends went out after happy hour uh, to a bar just up up the road. And uh, so we're all kind of sitting at this. They have these like four or five big tables outside of the bar in the smoking area. So it's kind of like uh, people just come and sit down because there's not a lot of places to sit out there. So everyone just kind of sits at the tables. It's not like if there's two people at a table. It's not just like their table, like other people are going to sit down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking to one of my buddies and then two other people come up. They hear us talking about football. So it's a guy and a girl. And um, I'm talking to the two guys about football. And then the girl chimes in. She's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I didn't say shit. So whoa, how did you hold back? I, it was hard. It was hard to hold back, <laughs> but. So both of the two guys leave and I'm kind of talking to the girl. Uh, I We're talking about like how sugar is harder to quit than smoking. We're talking about all this other shit like in the news. And basically I'm trying to like throw away my beer and I'm kind of caught like to where the trash can is. It's only about three feet away, but my feet are caught in this little like picnic table deal to where I can't get out. So I lean over, stretch my arm out and just kind of give the beer a little toss and it looks like it's going to fall in, but then it kind of like the fat part hits the outside of the trash can and it <laughs> rims out and shatters on the Ooh. fucking ground. <laughs> so there's about maybe 25, 30 people outside in the smoke pit. So I jump out of this picnic table. My foot gets caught and I nearly eat shit on the cement floor. Start picking up the bigger pieces and throwing them in the garbage before the bouncer sees like what happened. Jump back in, look over, and she's on her phone. She was on her phone for pretty much the rest of the night. So wow, okay, it, uh, so, didn't quite work out very well for me. So you're so. saying that the 
glass-breaking incident completely killed your mojo there, and she wasn't interested anymore. Oh, yeah. Any uh, Anything that was going on just went fucking dead right at that moment. <laughs> All right. So what's the moral of the story here? Gentlemen um, and ladies, too, I suppose, if you are trying to court the uh, opposite sex or same sex, make sure you always throw your bottle into the trash can and don't let it break yeah. because... It's going to break just like your charisma. So it's uh don't don't try to look cool at all because you <laughs> <No>. won't. <laughs> I don't care if you're fucking Shaq shooting from the free throw line. Don't try it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, if I would have just got up, thrown the beer away, went back, probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. But, you well, know, I think your chances would have been better if you would have just smashed the bottle over your head. I mean, the same <laughs> effect, but it would have looked cooler. In the end, you know. Definitely. I'll remember that for next time. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember when we were in high school, like, kids would try to break bottles over their head. And, like, I remember that one kid, he kept hitting himself and hitting himself and hitting himself. I'm like, Jesus, dude. You got, like, three (laughs) concussions right now. Just stop. You're not going to break it over your fucking head. That uh, that wasn't the infamous uh, Dota, was it? Uh, No, 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 no. It was... It was one of the other random weird kids we used to hang out with. Oh, okay. One of them. Just, I don't even remember which one, but I can vividly remember him hitting himself in the head with the bottle, <laughs> and it's just not breaking, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Just stop it. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Phil, uh, let's let's dive in here. So, uh, this, All right. this week, I'm taking the reins, and, uh... I decided to do something that kind of goes along the lines of keeping it a little little weird for Halloween, a little spooky for Halloween. Um, and that is people who may have allegedly sold their souls to the devil. Now, uh, <laughs> all right. Initially, <laughs> it sounds weird. And this is what I was telling you before the show. I'm like, you know what? I was thinking, I'm like, is this too fucking weird? Is this too weird of a subject to talk about? And then I'm like, hold on a minute. We literally talked about an entire episode where people allegedly flew to an alien planet and hung out there and are still living there. Like, you can't get much weirder than that. So at least this, a couple of the stories and one in particular might actually ring a bell in your head because they actually have a Netflix special about it. So, uh, but that will be later in the episode. So basically, um, as probably makes sense, cultural legend is that people will offer their souls over to the devil or a demon in order to gain wealth, power, influence, fame, or whatever desire uh, that they want. Um, Something to advance themselves in a situation that they can't seem to get past makes sense. Um, Some people believe this can be achieved through witchcraft, occult magic practices, or offering to have sex with demons. Apparently, demons, you can just have sex with them and then... They'll grant you a wish. I've never really heard of that one before, but uh, I They're guess they're like a horny uh, genie. <laughs> I guess I'm just like uh, I I I don't know about that one. I've heard of the witchcraft or like the the weird like fucking what do you call it like rituals and stuff like that. You hear about musicians and stuff doing it. Um, something I found interesting was 
there was a belief during the Middle Ages that midwives were actually being accused of sacrificing children to the devil because of it has such a high infant mortality rate, which makes sense. And instead of them being willing to accept that, you know, they have shitty childbirth practices or whatever, that these midwives are sacrificing their children to the devil. Um, have yeah. you ever heard that it, before? It, it couldn't possibly be that no one washed their fucking hands <laughs> at all. I Not feel, even a little bit. I feel like they didn't start sanitizing tools till, was it in the very beginning of oh, the 1900s? God. Or is it the very, very end of the 1900s? I thought it was, it was like, yeah, it was uh, like, pre-World War One, I, yeah, I think, just it's, before. It's hard. It's not. <laughs> it's so hard to believe that someone was like, hey, this scalpel's all bloody. I don't think wiping a towel across it means it's sanitary to then use it on somebody else again. Yeah, well, that was, God, like the Civil War. They Ooh. would take the bone saw from one guy and then just <laughs> walk across the fucking triage and hack off somebody else's leg. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I think that yeah. might be causing an infection at some point. Um, yeah, they they had absolutely no fucking idea what caused that shit. <laughs> so have you bad. have you ever heard of the book, the Malleus Maleficarum? You ever heard of that book? No, I have not. Okay. What does it stand for? Okay, so obvious obviously it's Latin, right? Um, what <laughs> it was was during the witch trials, they this guy made the book. Basically pointing out how to find witches and what to do with them, how to persecute them. That's the whole point of the book. Um, and within the book, they spoke a lot about, you know, mainly women selling their souls to the devil or to demons to gain whatever. So um, if you think about like the Salem witch trials and stuff, that's the book they would have used to like guide them or whatever, which is pretty fucked up. Kind of like the first ever erotica book for <laughs> for fucking the Catholic Church, yeah, basically with, for dudes with a weird kink. <laughs> Apparently, you can still buy the book, and it's I'm sure it's just you're reading. It's probably just absolutely fucking insane to try to read through this goddamn thing. Yeah, like a how to on how to fucking persecute women who <laughs> probably your only crime wasn't touching your dick. <laughs> I'm guessing that was their big crime. One of the funniest things I ever heard, like, when I was about witch trials and stuff, like, some men literally would st they'd start accusing women of being witches because either they had a limp dick, so of course they're being hexed by a witch, right? Or yeah. they claim that their penis was shrinking, so they were being hexed by a witch. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know where they get these ideas from, but uh, it's, if Dude, only they had Cialis. One. I was going to say that last one has caused a lot of mass hysteria in like <laughs> the world. Like, there is that is a thing that like apparently if you read into it, like there's been a lot of incidents of that where people think that something weird's going on. Yeah. And it just caused a fucking panic. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, last thing here before I start telling the stories, I don't want to persecute just the religious people. Now, According to uh, demonology or, or a demonologist, um, there is a specific month, day of the week, and hour to call each specific demon, right? And mm -hmm. within this time frame, then you can begin the invocation for your pack to sell your soul to whatever being 
you're going to contact. So apparently you have to know the specific times to contact these demons to ask for whatever, I guess, you want to ask for. Like, if we want to sell our soul so subliminal deception could be like the Joe Rogan podcast, then I guess we'd have to find the demon that controls podcasting stuff, I guess. So um, I don't know if there is one. There's bound to be one. <laughs> I'm sure I mean, Joe Rogan's the demon that controls podcasting more than likely. <laughs> you look at some of those top 50 uh, podcasts out there, and there had to be some soul selling going on. Oh, for sure. There's some not very good ones. For sure. Like, uh, it was funny today. I was listening to Crime and Sports, and they were talking about an MMA fighter. His name was BJ. That was his name. BJ. BJ Penn? Yeah, BJ Penn. And he's obviously a lunatic, right? And mm-hmm. they 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 were talking about a quote from Joe Rogan saying this is the greatest pound for pound lightweight fighter in existence. And they're like, they were joking that every single time uh, G, uh, BJ Penn commits a crime, they should just play that clip of Joe Rogan saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so fucking hard. Can you imagine that? Great. Like his his crime reports popping up on the TV, and that's just Rogan. He is the greatest pound for pound lightweight fighter in the MMA. <laughs> his record's like not even good. It's like sixteen and sixteen, I think. Like that's you got to a- remember, I was gonna say you got to remember back then there wasn't a shit ton of competition. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. But man, that guy was. Yeah. It sounded like he was just on coke like his entire career, basically. It's pretty insane, yeah. actually. I can't remember his name. Um, the dude who, uh, the Iceman, Chuck Liddell. Oh, yeah. He was a fucking monster. He was my favorite. <laughs> oh, God. He just, he looked like he he downed a fucking case of beer before he went in the fucking cage. And then just beat some motherfucker down. God, that was great. Have you heard about, like, his life now, though? No. Like, from all the head injuries and stuff, dude, from what I've heard, he'll literally be sitting there and just, like, fall asleep like he really yeah he's had so much head trauma that he's basically like fucked up like really fucked up you know i mean when you're getting hit in the head repeatedly what do you expect but yeah he didn't really do a lot of blocking i remember he just he fought kind of like rocky he just stuck his face out and then punched at people (laughs) oh i remember (laughs) when you were visiting and we were watching rocky and it's just like no blocking just (laughs) hits everyone just hits everywhere it doesn't matter just hits everywhere Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. All Looked right. like he had his hands in his fucking pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to start off with our first individual who allegedly sold a soul to the devil. And that is Theophilus of Adana. Now, back in 538 AD, Theophilus of Adana was a cleric in the Roman Catholic Church. So initially, he was unanimously elected to be the bishop in I'm gonna say this Sicilia, I believe it is. Um, that's Turkey now. Um, does that you're a historian? Does that uh, town sound familiar or country or whatever it is? Sicilia. Yeah. Um, I know that the region that Turkey is in was called Anatolia back mm. then. Maybe this um, was like a little town there or something like that. Like a little region, possibly. Yeah, probably. Anyway, so he was elected to be the bishop, but he said, you know what? It's not for me. I'm turning it down. And he claims that he did this out of, uh, uh, you know, just humility. He just didn't want to be 
I don't know, whatever. He just, he didn't feel he was worthy of the bishop, so he passed it on to the next guy. But many believe his secret intention was that he wanted to actually be become the archdeacon instead. I'm not really sure. I assume the bishop's ahead of the archdeacon, right? In power structure? You would have to. I mean, yeah. the bishop is right below cardinals. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Apparently he just did it to be a nice guy. Well, he's, he's maybe he still wants to be on the ground floor where all <laughs> the, uh, the little boys are. He is, he is in the Catholic church. So valid point. Well, uh, <laughs> this didn't really work out for Thelophilus because the person who was then elected Bishop, he thought, Hey, this guy, you know, I'm letting him become Bishop. He'll hook me up with the arch, uh, archdeacon job. Well, the man who became bishop didn't like him very much, so he forced him to stay at his cleric position. Now, <laughs> Theophilus was now outraged and swearing off the church, right? So apparently mm. he went out and he sought the assistance of the local necromancer to make a deal with the devil. Now, <laughs> so he... As you do. <laughs> yes. Like, I can't take this church anymore. I got to go find the local necromancer. Do you think he had like a shop or do you think he had to like, it was like kind of like a secret thing you had to find the necromancer? He's just your ne- random local apocryphy, just, you know, <laughs> making up little potions and shit just on a corner store. I could see him walking. cigarettes and porno. I was going to say, I could see Thelophilus walking in there and he's like, all right, necromancer, I need your help. He's like, sir, all I do is make bread and uh, an avocado toast. I don't summon demons or nothing. Come on. He's like, Quiet. I told you to help me, necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's the origin story of avocado toast there. So uh, so the necromancer agreed, and Thelophilus then summoned the devil, and the devil said, okay, I'll do this for you. But you got to denounce Jesus Christ and the Virgin Mary, and then you have to sign the contract in your own blood. Okay? So he does all this. Then, out of nowhere, Theophilus is unanimously elected to be a bishop again for the second time. So right after he swore off God and everything, instantly he became a bishop again. So, of course, being a man of the cloth, he felt pretty guilty about making a pact with the devil so he sought forgiveness from the Virgin Mary. So what do you do if you want forgiveness from the Virgin Mary? Well, you got to go to a whorehouse, I imagine. <laughs> Is that where she's hiding? Is the Virgin Mary? Can that be a stripper's name? You think the Virgin Mary? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I bet she'd do pretty well in the Vatican. <laughs> Probably. Well, anyway, this was the, uh, I don't know if you even want to call her real or not, the lady they worship, Virgin Mary. So he decided, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast for 40 days. Okay, so he does that. Then, according to him, the Virgin Mary appears in front of him, chastises him, and then tells him that he needs to seek absolution uh, for his pact that he made with the devil. So what does he do? He fasts for another 30 days. I'm pretty sure you would be dead after the 40 days, let alone 70 days. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to see a vision after you've been starving yourself for, <laughs> for 40, 40 days. Fucking days. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the fucking Virgin Mary would <laughs> pop right in front of you if you haven't eaten for 40 days. Yeah, I'm sure he saw a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think the people on Naked and Afraid don't eat for that long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that, two weeks? 
Yeah, they something eat, like, like that. Dude, that's insane. When you watch, they put the the pictures of like when they go in and when they come out, like how slim down they are. It's fucking insane. Yeah. So and it, you know that the fucking production crew is eating fucking yeah. like fucking. takeout right by him. <laughs> He's like, guys, I'm, I don't want any Chinese food tonight. Can we get Mexican instead? These people are like dying of hunger over here. <laughs> Chewing out a piece of bark. <laughs> Do you think Uber Eats delivers out here, guys? <laughs> For the love of God, just pass me a wonton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So apparently after he fasted for 30 days he was hoping to reach uh absolution but satan he said no 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 sir you signed the contract so you gotta keep with this pack so uh apparently after he saw satan for the next three nights he woke every morning he woke up that contract was just laying on top of his chest you know like satan saying hey look buddy you sign this. This is you got to deal with this now. So in a final attempt for him to break the contract, Philophilus took the contract to another bishop, told him what he did. That bishop then burned the contract and shortly after Philophilus would die. But some say he was finally free from the contract. So maybe the contract meant if you're breaking it, you're dying. So um, he didn't get a very good deal out of it because he just became a bishop that he originally turned down the first time, which is, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but, um, yeah. what, what do you think of old Thelophilus here, Phil? It kind of reminds me of that, uh, movie Bedazzled <laughs> where he gets wishes, but they always turn out shitty. Like right. it's funny how he, his first wish from, uh, the devil was to become archdeacon, whatever the fuck that is. And then he just ends up getting the job that he didn't want. Like, <laughs> it's like no no you're gonna get a promotion but you know you're gonna go this way on it it's funny how every time you mention the devil i keep thinking of the show supernatural and i think of like the crossroad demons just kind of appearing in front of them Ooh, like yeah uh the did you uh, watch that show i have i've seen like a couple episodes i need to watch it though everybody seems to love it um because they have actually like the devil and like all the demons and shit in it don't they yeah, they have uh, like all the main angels, all the main demons, like the devil, uh, witches, vampires, all that shit. It's been going on for like 14 years. So it's done now, isn't it? Or is it still on? I have no idea. It might be. <laughs> it might not be. I watch it when it comes on Netflix. So ah, I need to I need to just sit down and watch it because I love, you know, horror sci fi shit. So and everyone says they're uh, they're really good. So I should watch it one time. But anyway, so, uh, well, at least in Bedazzled, Brendan Fraser got seven wishes, right? Was it seven yeah, wishes? seven. Yeah, and Elizabeth Hurley was uh, an attractive devil in that. Um, but yeah. I, I keep imagining the devil coming into his room at night to set the contract on his chest and also, like, drawing a dick on his face, <laughs> like, fucking with him, <laughs> tying his fucking shoes together or shitting in his bed. I could just <laughs> do his juvenile shit. I could just see or like putting his hand in a glass of uh, was it warm water and he pisses yeah. his pants every morning or he puts a bunch of shaving cream in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> the devil just turns out to be like a teenage asshole. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's move on to our next gentleman. Now, uh, 
This is Brigade, <laughs> Brigadier General John Mo- Jonathan Moulton. Uh, you ever heard of this guy? I may have heard of this guy. Uh, what did he do? What is, what's his deal? Okay, so Jonathan Moulton uh, was born in the town of New Hampton, Massachusetts, that would later be New Hampshire. All right, so Jonathan Moulton would be involved with the French and Indian Wars, and then he would be involved with the American Revolution. So this guy is pretty fucking cool, right? He He's yeah. a war hero, obviously, uh, clearly a great American. Um, so the legend goes, after the wars, John Moulton was sitting at home. He was worrying about his mo- money problems, wishing that he had more, like we all do. Um, now, some people say that Jonathan Moulton might have been a little greedy. He loved money a little bit more than uh, a normal human probably should. So he thought to himself, if only I could have enough gold, I'd sell my soul for it. Then he claims, all of a sudden, he started hearing rustling coming down from the chimney. Just something was coming down there. Then all of a sudden, a tall, thin apparition appeared in front of him in all black, offering him a deal. So... Initially, Moulton, you know, he wanted proof that this guy wasn't just blowing smoke up his ass, right? So yeah. the the apparition, the devil, um, started making gold appear all around Jonathan Moulton's feet. And he said, hey, I need more proof than that. So then the devil filled the empty bottles in his kitchen up with rum, okay? So the devil's like, all right, here's proof. All you got to do, sign your soul over on this contract. And he said he'll make him the richest man in the providence, and Jonathan Moulton said, hey, fuck it, this sounds great. So the agreement was was that on the first of every month, the devil would fill Jonathan Moulton's boots with gold, but if Jonathan Moulton tried anything funny, he would have to pay for it. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you? how much money do you think a boot, I don't know if it's one boot or two boots, full of gold, how much do you think, how much money do you think that is? I bet that's about, goddamn. Gold coins, probably mm-hmm. like like ten to fifteen pounds of gold. You could probably, depending on his boot, you know. Well, think of they the picture they illustration they drew was basically like the old commander's boots, where they're like almost to your knees, you know. Oh yeah, so, wow. Yeah, you can fill even more. <laughs> you get a lot of gold in yeah. that fucker. I like it how I have a few things on this one. Okay. I like it how it's the first of the month, just yep. kind of like how welfare works. Yeah. Like, <laughs> almost like this guy's like, all right, I'm going to give you money, but I'm going to give it to you in increments and on the first of the month. So you don't fucking spend it all. Like, <laughs> I also imagine like him being like when he says, I want you to prove it to me. Like I imagine him saying like what was next was I want you to prove it to me again. And then he kind of motions down to his crotch. Like, huh? 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 I could use a healthy seven inch here, buddy. <laughs> what if we just gave him a vagina at that point, he's like, what? I thought that's what you wanted. He just made him like a cone head. Just nothing there. He's like a cone. He's like a Ken doll. That's just flat right there. It's like but devil. That's not what I asked for. Horse dick. Dot and peg. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very underrated movie. Uh, what, that is. What is that one called? Uh, Playmate of the Month? That's, Playmate of the Year? Uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. <laughs> uh, cover Girl or something like that. Mm. Like, about his girlfriend after he become, gets into the coma. Yeah. His girlfriend ends up becoming like Playboy Playmate or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he he's trying to find her. It's pretty funny, actually. It's it's quite funny. So anyway, yeah. uh, back to Jonathan Moulton here. Now, as I said before, Jonathan Moulton, he's a little greedy. He's not gonna just two bootfuls of gold every month. That's just that's just not enough for him. So he started off with finding the biggest pair of boots he could find in the entire Providence. Okay, but that wasn't enough still. So then he cut the soles out of the bottom, then cut a hole in the floor. So all the gold <laughs> would constantly be trying to fill up, but it would just fill up in the basement or whatever. Well, the first of the month came and the gold just kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. And the devil was like, what is going on here? This is something's fishy here. Um, and then he discovered what John Moulton had done. So in, reven- in revenge, he burned his whole house down. Now, some stories say that in the fire, all 11 of Moulton's children died in the fire. He had 11 kids, mind you. Um, Jesus, no wonder he needed gold. <laughs> God yeah. damn. 11 kids, yeah. Um, uh, but Moulton <laughs> did escape. He escaped the fire, but he didn't get his gold, obviously. And uh, so, obviously, this one sounds like more of a an urban myth or whatever. But apparently... So Jonathan Moulton was a real person, right? Now, yeah. people would literally go to his grave site and desecrate it and try to dig it up and look inside because they thought his boots were still being filled with gold. Like, that's a real thing that people were doing. But every time they opened it, the, the coffin was empty because they hid his remains somewhere. So he has an official grave site, but that's not actually where his remains are. And I'm pretty sure they moved that just because people wouldn't quit fucking digging up his grave. Can you believe his that? His boots are at Fort Knox. <laughs> probably. Probably. I'm, I'm just kidding, of course. There's no gold in Fort Knox. <laughs> I, think fucking, I think fucking I uh, think Scrooge McDuck has his boots, probably. See how much He's gold that fucker is? Yeah. yeah. Somehow he swims in it without like breaking his fucking neck when he dives in there. I didn't. Uh, I didn't ask this at first, but I have to ask it now. <laughs> Is Molten happen to be an Irish name? I have no fucking idea. Because yeah. with eleven kids, you'd think. Like, <laughs> well, probably Irish. Well, he didn't need to ask the devil to be extremely fertile. We know that one. Yeah, already... that one came with the territory. <laughs> His penis worked just fine, apparently. <laughs> the devil's like, "Hey, you want me to do anything about your dick?" And he's like, "No, no, it's handled." <laughs> I have this thing called a vasectomy, Mr. Moulton. I think you might be interested in it. No, 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 I'm fine. No, I'm just going to spray and pray. (laughs) I'm a religious man, you see. That's why I asked you here. All right, so so the first two, as you can see, they're maybe a little more goofy. They're really old. So as we know, you know, throughout history, the game of telephone kind of exaggerates people's story and whatever so um but our last two now they're gonna be kind of connected within each other and this guy is the guy that you can watch the documentary about this entire story um it's about robert johnson have you heard of this guy before uh no i have not okay so robert leroy johnson was an american blues musician singer and songwriter who had landmark hits between 1936 and 1937, and he would also become a huge influence on other musicians in the future. So according to legend, as a young man living on a plantation in rural Mississippi, 
Johnson had a tremendous desire to become a great blues musician. He was instructed to take his guitar to a crossroad near Dockery Plantation at midnight. There, he was met by a large black man, the devil, who took the guitar and tuned it. The devil played a few songs and then returned the guitar to, Don, to, to Johnson, giving him the mastery of the instrument. This was a deal with the devil mirroring the legend of Faust. I was going to cover him. That's just basically another guy who sold his soul to the devil. In exchange for his soul, Johnson was able to create the blues for which he became famous. Now, initially, this story kind of just sounds like you're roundabout bullshit story like hey this guy's just a good blues musician and they made this mythos up about him right well yeah it does the the part that gets really really interesting with this guy is when he was a young man he went to the robinsonville juke joint and was kicked out of their club because of how terrible at guitar he was like, they interviewed these people saying just how fucking horrible of a musician he was. Like, they booted him out. So, Johnson went missing for an entire year, okay? Then he yeah. reappeared at that exact same club, and obviously those club owners were skeptical, but they're like, whatever, because he came when he came in, he had a new guitar strapped on his back. And this was, wasn't just your everyday guitar. This guitar was a seven-string guitar, and they had never saw a fucking seven-string guitar before. So that's really weird, right? And yeah. then, according to these people, out of nowhere, Johnson was just able to just play the guitar like he had done it his entire fucking life. And from this point is when he became a blues legend, and he, re he would release 29 songs. Now, some of the titles included Crossroads Blues, uh, Hellhound on my trail, me and the devil blues, and up jumped the devil. Now, why I think this is so interesting, and I'm pretty sure the Netflix documentary will go into a lot more detail about it, is just for the fact that this guy literally was complete fucking dog shit at playing guitar, right? Yeah. Someone told him to go to this crossroads, which he apparently did. It's basically an intersection of two highways in Mississippi. And that's kind of created the legend of going to the crossroads, which the next guy we're going to talk about did the exact same thing and kind of had his own transformation musically. And other musicians literally travel out here to try to do this. Like, he's not the only one who's done this, right? But what, uh, what year was this? Uh, uh, 1936, I believe. 1935, 1936. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, cocaine had a little bit something to do with it. <laughs> Like, well, it was probably it's, it's, Coke was legal then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. They were putting it in everything. I think it had just became like put on the schedule, like in a few years. But mm. um, there's been like you got to think like were they even manufacturing seven string guitars? Because he would have had to make it himself. Well, that that's where the I think the legend catches on. I'm not sure about the history of guitars, but what I do know is that this particular region and. They refer to him as a Delta blues player, which is referring to like, I think the Mississippi Delta, but, um, in that community, they had never saw a seven string guitar before. So that's why they were amazed. But the thing that I think caught him the most off guard is like, he allegedly went to the crossroads, came back and he's just like ungodly good at fucking guitar now. Like it should have been possible. 
the thing that trips me up a little bit is if it had been a week, if he got kicked out of there and then two week, like a week or two later, he came back and he was just phenomenal. Mm. That would be like, holy shit, that's crazy. But since it was a whole year, I mean, you could probably, if you were around the right people and like practice your ass off, I bet you could probably get really good at a guitar. Like if you had it in you, you know. Now, what some people do say about this that I was reading that there was somebody at the crossroads that he did in fact meet, but obviously it wasn't the devil. It was, they had the name of this guy. I should have written it down, but basically they think this guy who was already a guitar master, whatever he met him there. And then he trained him how to play guitar. And they gave him the legend of the black man at the crossroads that then kind of became the devil or whatever. But the thing that's interesting is how this guy kind of has song titles referring to the crossroads, uh, meeting the devil, um, you know, the hellhound on my trail. Like, it's almost like he's leaving subliminal messages saying, like, what's going to happen to him, right? Now, yeah. let's go to his end, right? So he released 29 songs in two years, and a lot of them were really, really, really big hits. So... Johnson died on August 16th, 1938, at the age of 27. So he was basically famous for two years, then he was dead. And he died near Greenwood, Mississippi, of unknown causes. Now, here's the weird thing. His death was not reported publicly. He he just merely disappeared from any sort of historical record. And it wasn't until almost 30 years later when Gail Dean Wardlow, a Mississippi-based musicologist researching Johnson's life, found his certificate, which only listed the date and location with no official cause of death. So, this guy was, like, really popular. He died. They don't know why he died. They they basically don't know anything. They, they just thought he... It sounds like they thought he was missing for 30 fucking years. And then this ha- lady happened to find his death certificate. Um, which is really weird. So, although it is the South, and we know it's probably was very racist in 1938. So, <laughs> it's so crazy that you said he died at the age of 27 because there's so many like famous musicians that die at 27. Who, yeah, famous musicians, entertainers who die at 27, and there's kind of like this mythos that goes along with them that like not that they sell their soul to the devil, but almost that they were so good. They only got so much time on Earth kind of deal. Yeah. Like, like all of their talent was just a burst. And it was like they were burning both candles. Okay. Like, um, candles at both ends. I think, okay, uh, was the lead singer of, one of them would just die. Was it the lead singer of Linkin Park was 27 or was it? No, he was much older. Um, there, was one, the, there was one that just died who was 27, like last year. I can't remember uh, which one sure was. I'm not sure about that. I know the lead singer of The Doors died. Oh, Jim Morrison? I think, yeah, I think he died at 27. I th- Kurt Cobain was 27 too, right? Uh, I'm not sure about that one. Okay, I think it was... I know that there is, like, there's a lot of them that die at 27. Buddy that Holiday, who, Buddy Holly, I think was. Um, uh, James Dean, I think. Who that chick who did a lot of drugs? Marilyn Monroe? I don't know. No, uh, she was a Joplin? singer. Oh, I think she died at 27 also, yeah. but... Um, she looked real skinny. She had black hair. I forgot what her name is, but I think she died at 27. Oh, um, the English girl. I can't even think of her fucking Amy Winehouse. 
Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe I think that's she died one. at 27. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. That could be. But yeah, it's it's weird. It's very strange. Um, but now I'm going to talk about the guy who is connected kind of to Robert Johnson and the Crossroads. And that is Bob Dylan. Um, we all know who, who the fuck Bob Dylan is, right? Yeah. So the legend goes that in the beginning of Bob Dylan's career, most of his folk songs were socially conscious and aimed towards helping the oppressed. But a lot of people say that he had a shit singing voice and that he wasn't good on guitar. But in 1965, Bob Dylan seemed to make a complete 180 in uh, in his change in music and everything. He ditched the old guitar. He adapted the electric guitar, which at the time was very controversial. Um, he became a much better singer and guitarist. And he quit singing about social idi- uh, issues and proceeded to change his li- uh, lyrics to... Basically more of the fucking drug-fueled music that was of the time. You know, you got uh, Doors, Grateful Dead, all of that shit. So he just basically did something, something happened to him, and then he just kind of switched. Now, the legend goes is that Bob Dylan traveled to the exact same crossroads that Robert Johnson had in the 1960s and requested an exchange with the devil the same way that Robert Johnson had. Now, I want to play this little YouTube clip, basically with Bob Dylan talking about going to the crossroads. So let's listen to that quick. All right. And claimed he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. Dylan claimed that he went to the crossroads and came back a different man. Dylan stated, That's when I went to the crossroads and made a, a big deal. You know, like, yeah, one one night and then uh, went back to Minneapolis and I was like hey uh, where's this guy been you know he's been to the crossroads <laughs> so that that is right <laughs> out of Bob Dylan's mouth by the way that is right yeah. out of fucking Bob Dylan's mouth kind of creepy a little bit and by the way yes he is a Minnesota native and yes he fucking hates Minnesota so let's not praise him <laughs> <laughs> he does. He fucking hates fucking Minnesota. He doesn't like it. <laughs> well, if he's from Minnesota, obviously you're going to hate Minnesota. Nah. Like. <laughs> Prince loved Minnesota, though. Yeah, it's people who moved to Minnesota, I find, love Minnesota. The True. people who were from there never liked it. That is a, that's a good point. That's a, ver- that's a very <laughs> valid point. All right, Phil. So after listening to that delectable YouTube uh, <laughs> video... What are your first impressions of Bob Dylan? We have one more to listen to about him, but do you think it was a little creepy the way he was talking? Yeah, it's a little creepy. Um, I wouldn't doubt that he tried to build up his legend a little bit, Mm. um, trying to get himself over. But it's definitely like he does point to a time where there was like almost a switch with him. Like what I was saying before about the uh, the jazz musician, that was like this case where he is shitty and then he goes to the crossroads and comes back and is immediately better people can tell he's immediately different that's kind of what i was looking for with the other guy yeah so i mean it's weird he yeah they basically both of them did the exact same thing and if you can't tell like robert johnson was a huge inspiration for bob dylan like that was one of his idols so 
I don't know if he just wanted to try to walk in his footsteps or like what the fuck he was trying to do, but he did it. So um, another thing that people like to point to is one of Bob Dylan's songs in particular uh, titled Gotta Serve Somebody. Now in this lyric, I think it's a main chorus. It says, well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Now, people say this is a very ominous lyric that he's singing about, and they're referring to basically that he's going to have to pay the piper eventually for his stardom or whatever. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But let's listen to the last interview. Now, this is taken from uh, an interview Bob Dylan did with 60 Minutes in 2009. And the questions he's asking Bob Dylan are a little ominous, and kind of a little, I'm not even sure if he's trying to just be extremely cryptic or what the fuck he's doing, but it's, we'll just listen to it. All right. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I mean, I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago and holding up my hand. What was your bargain? To get where uh, I am now. Should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 <laughs> with, with, you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? <laughs> and on this earth and then, uh, and then in a world we can't see. Look at me. And there it is. Um, yeah. Like, what is he, he talking about? Like, he might have also met a music CEO. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can sell your soul to those assholes <laughs> if you want to make it big. It's funny that you mention that because that is something that they say is Bob Dylan. He's like cryptically talking about selling basically his soul to become popular. Like he's selling himself to, I guess, corporate America or to selling himself to the man to continue his music career. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, You do hear a lot, like there's a lot of like, you hear those cryptic, the Illuminati videos and the uh, basically these actresses, actors, um, entertainers who, in kind of make it sound like there was a almost a demonic ceremony like to put them ahead to you know they make it sound like it's that but really they probably just felt like they sold their soul yeah you know i imagine um, if you're starting like you hear this a lot like small musicians are like man i would never sell out you know i never do this never do that and then you get a taste of that delicious delicious cash and you're like well you know what fuck it you know what? Goddamn, Chad Musket did it. I can do it too. <laughs> I don't even know if it's the cash. I think it's just the fame. The fame, yeah. I think fame is the drug that a lot of them they are want. Seeking. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a very good point. I mean, technically, that's exactly what Bob Dylan did because he started off using his music to try to bring focus onto social issues that were happening or things like that, and then all of a sudden he's like. Moved along to the fucking hippie drug culture, um, like so many musicians had at the time. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe that's just kind of what he's referring to. Um, last yeah. last little thing I have about Bob Dylan in the seventies. This is well documented that he then transitioned over to doing a uh, Christian music. Have you ever heard about this? No, but it's sound. It's starting to sound like the Dewey Cox story. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's who they're making fun of. I don't know. But he went into like a hardcore Christian phase, and basically 
people consider this that all his records were just shit then like they're just trash they're just like no good at all it's like the lowest point of his career and then obviously he went back to his normal self but uh but yeah so um in the end here phil do you think maybe not the first two stories because they're more of just goofy but um let's say robert johnson and bob dylan do you think there could be something that they had done at the crossroads to maybe make an exchange with a uh, the, the devil or uh, some entity or like did something to boost themselves, gives themselves a magical power or whatever. Um, what do you think? I feel like the story about Robert Johnson is just kind of like the mythos. Um, I feel like he, he went away for a year and he had gotten better. Like, and they tried to create kind of like this story around it, why he was so good. Um, the thing about Bob Dylan, uh, that's a little weird. Like he admits it almost. That he's <laughs> I know. So, so, like <laughs> it's creepy, isn't it? Audio of him admitting that shit. You should. Uh, I would recommend anybody watching the YouTube videos of him because he has the creepiest fucking look on his face when he's talking about it too. Like he's so yeah. creepy. It's weird. It's. I was gonna say it's weird that we talked about supernatural, like the crossroad demon, like. In super in the show Supernatural, the Crossroads Demon is the one that you make deals with. Like he's the one you sell your soul to. Okay, so I wonder. I I do I don't from it. I know you mentioned that, and I didn't want to spoil what was coming up in the episode, so I didn't say anything. But I was like, that's the first thing that came to my mind because they obviously these two guys were dealing with allegedly a being or devil that was at the crossroads. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't, I, uh, I had no idea what Cody's thing was going to be on today. So that's kind of weird. I mentioned that, but <laughs> I know, um, right? but yeah, I mean the Bob Dylan one, I would give that like, I'm not like the rating, the, the, the percentages, <laughs> like I obviously I'm a, I'm a, I'm an atheist, but if I had to give any of them, I would say I would give his probably like 5%. Yeah. Like it's, it's, he admits it, you know, like. Of course, he could just be trying to create his own legend. Like that could be, or he just wanted to follow in the footsteps of his idol, who was Robert Johnson. Um, the the other weird thing was is that there's a few more musicians who apparently did this exact same thing and hit fame. And right around, I can't remember if it was before Robert Johnson or right around the time Robert Johnson did it, there was another man named Tommy Johnson who did the exact same thing he did and he became really famous and a good guitar player and all that. So it's very strange. Like, I think the, the documentary on Netflix is called devil at the crossroads and it's all about Robert Johnson and stuff. So I, I should have, I didn't have time before we recorded to watch it, but I should have, because it sounds really fucking kind of cool actually. Um, yeah, I'll have to give that a watch actually. That sounds cool. You know, when you it's- were go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's weird that, like, there's this place called The Crossroads that makes you famous, and there's not, like, a fucking tourist place there. Like, trying people trying to get themselves, like, anointed in this magic or actually seeing the devil, you know? Because you would think that with all the people who want to be famous, there would be a line a mile long to get there, you know? <laughs> well, I'm sure I've, after the Netflix documentary, there's probably a lot of people who visit it. That or they don't want to go to Mississippi, one of the two. 
Yeah, I really wouldn't want to go to Mississippi. <laughs> Do you think Terry Bradshaw went here in the '60s to get become a good quarterback? He may have. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that <laughs> made me laugh too hard. But uh, I've never, I've never heard of him talking about selling his soul, but. Fucking, I would sell my soul to get traded out of Pittsburgh. That's probably what I would do. Uh, um, yeah, the devil's probably a Pittsburgh fan, so he's not going to let him leave. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I will, final thing before we close out here. You had mentioned something about the Illuminati, I think. And it's funny because another person who allegedly sold their soul to the devil was Jay-Z. And they mm-hmm. think that's because he is a Illuminati shill. And to be in the Illuminati, you have to sell your soul to the devil. And that Jay-Z sings about the devil a lot in his songs and all this. So, yeah, uh, he's he's not very secret about it, though. He gives all the Illuminati. He does the, you know, you ever see him giving like the hand signals and everything? Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The hand over his left eye and or the, the hand. The, he's making like a circle with his fingers and putting it over his eye, that kind of stuff. You know, we need we should do a Jay Z episode because there's a lot of a uh, lot of fucking conspiracies involving that man, including him being yeah. like a fucking hundred and fifty year old vampire, which is pretty fucking sweet. But uh, uh, oh, I was actually thinking there's also a really good uh, interview with Dave Chappelle that was done on Masterpiece Theater, um, where Dave Chappelle's talking about a lot of the shit. He's talking about like. What happened to Martin Lawrence and all these famous people? That's also a really good one. Huh. That's pretty sweet. I should check that out. Has to do with a lot, like the industry. So Ah, I see. Yeah. Well, well anyway, Phil, if someone um, has sold their soul to the devil and they want to tell us what they got in return, where can they do that? Uh, they can go to our email. Uh, send us a message at subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the best way to get a hold of us is through Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, I also have my own little Instagram, whatever, called SD Pod Phil. Uh, I never check it and I don't post anything. Cody, you got a few? Uh, yeah, you can add my personal Instagram that is Cody Zabub, or you can add my other podcasts on Instagram or find them on your favorite podcasting application at Bumblebutt Podcast. Now, uh, the final thing we need you to do is, if you could spare a few minutes, sell your soul to iTunes, log on there, give them the five, give us the five-star review, write something in there, write what you want in return for selling your soul, click submit, and you will help the show out immensely. And uh, we'd be great, very grateful. We, have, uh, we keep getting more and more of them, so uh, thank you very much for doing yeah. that. So, uh, otherwise, uh, I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and uh, we will see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>